Good morning, Eagle Church. Good morning, Eagle Church. Oh, good. I know everybody's just so excited to be back from, uh, for school. I know. I can just feel the joy of being back at school and parents rejoicing. Can I hear that we're not paying for daycare like we do in the summer? All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, it's such an honor to be with you guys again, and um, we're going to start out this morning praying like we always do, but I want to lead us through a little bit of a prayer time a little bit differently today. Because obviously, if you've watched the news at all, what's been going on across the country and across the world right now has been really intense and really crazy. I mean, you're talking 40 million people affected in Southeast Asia uh, by the flooding there. You've got 50 million people affected by the earthquakes in in Mexico City area. Uh, What's been going on with Hurricane Harvey and what's been going on right now, even now, uh, in Florida with Hurricane Irma. I mean, it's just some really intense stuff. And uh, in the midst of all of that, um, so I, I, maybe, maybe it's just my struggle. Maybe this is different from you. For me, it's, it's, it's in these times of tragedy that it really, man, I have to look, look really hard to see the goodness of God in the midst of those hard things. I believe that God is good, but these are the times in my faith where I really have to turn it up a notch and it really challenges me to see the full goodness of God in those things. And I'm not saying that we look for the goodness of God in the tragedy, but I'm saying, but can we see him and experience his goodness in the midst of those hard things? And you might even have had some hard things this week for you. Maybe you got a bad report from the doctor. Maybe there's, there's something, um, maybe something's going on with your kids. Maybe you lost a job. I don't know what's going on with you. So maybe there might be something for you uniquely that's a little bit more intense. Um, but I want to, before we pray, I'm gonna read a passage of scripture over us. And with that in mind, I want, to, I, want to, uh, I want to pray over all of these situations. And so this is Psalms chapter 27. This is Psalms chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. And then we'll pray together. It says this. It says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. Man, that's just no fun. I mean, is anybody else like waiting on the Lord in the midst of tragedy? Is that not is that hard? I mean, is that hard for you or just is it just me? And in the midst of the tragedy that's going on, all we're asked to do is wait. Wait on the goodness of God, wait on his faithfulness. And here we are in Zionsville, Indiana. You know, my wife and I were even talking about this on the way up of like mostly kind of we avoid natural disasters in this part of the country. I mean, we have tornadoes and stuff like that, but not, not, nothing like we're seeing happen around the world. We're kind of insulated to that. The wealth that's in this area, we're kind of insulated to certain things. Like, like we get upset when the stock market goes bad, not when our house is flooded, right? You know what I'm saying? Is that too honest? Okay, okay. I, just, I think I've been here long enough and we're all family now, right? Okay, okay, yeah. You can tell me to preach. I'll start preaching. If you're going to start talking back to me, we can start going a little bit. All right. I got the handheld today. Watch out. Okay. And I'll preach about something else here in a minute. But um, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to be talking today about can I really hear from God. And I want to give you a chance right off the bat to do that. And there were four major things that I just talked about. What's going on in Southeast Asia. What's been going on in Mexico. What's been going on with Hurricane Harvey. What's been going on with Hurricane Irma. You might have had tragedy in your own life that's going on this week. 
And in the midst of that, we're looking at the goodness of God. And sometimes it's really hard to find. So let's not sugarcoat that as Christians, that it's hard to find the goodness of God in the hard stuff. Like, let's just be really honest about that and say, man, it's really hard to see the goodness of God right now. When my dad was unemployed for two and a half years, yeah, that was really hard to see the goodness of God in that, but I looked, and I kept looking until I found it. And so here's what I'm gonna give you a shot to do, is I'm gonna read this verse again, and I just simply want you to do this. I want you to ask the Lord what to pray for. I just want you to simply just say, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? Maybe it's something in Asia, maybe it's Mexico, maybe it's Irma, maybe it's uh, what's been going on with Harvey, maybe it's something unique, but I just want you to ask God what to pray for. And when he tells you what to pray for, you just simply pray. And maybe if you're like, dude, I have not prayed in like 20 years. Give it a shot. It's kind of cool. All right. Give it a go. Just pray what comes to your mind. But let me read this to you again. And then I'm going to shut up. And let's pray together. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. Father, we just ask you now, in all of these tragedies going on in the world, on all of this heartbreak, on all these hard things that we're seeing, all the hard things in our lives, Father, God, we even now ask that you would show up and show us the goodness of the Lord. God, we don't know where it's at. We, we, it's so hard to see right now. Um, but God, we believe that in the midst of hard things, we can see your goodness, we can see your presence, and we can see your faithfulness. And so, Father, would you even now show us that in the midst of that? God, we pray protection over our friends and family. We pray protection and provision for Asia uh, we pray protection and provision for our brothers and sisters as well in Mexico, God, for the, for the people who are reaching out to them, for, uh, for, 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 the, for finances, for, for uh, the churches, for everybody who's there, God. We, they need a miracle from you, and we ask you for it boldly, God, for, for what's been going on in Texas with Harvey and the people affected by that and for Irma. God, we just even pray now for a supernatural lightning of that storm, God, that the, the intensity of that storm God, would lighten and that it would, uh, would not be as bad as they're saying, Father. We pray for a miracle, believing in that, God. And we just ask you for supernatural power and presence over that whole deal, believing that in the midst of hard things, there is the goodness of the Lord to be found. And so, Father, we just ask you to do it miraculously. And God, um, I just even pray for our faith, that in the midst of the hard things, God, that you would show us the goodness of you and you would help us find it. And so, Father, we lift up all these things to you. And it's the mighty, powerful name of Jesus we pray these things. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Cool. So open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. So Old Testament. Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to rip through a story really quickly here. Um, and the question I have to pose to you today is this, is can I really hear from God? Can I really hear from God? Turn to your neighbor and, and just ask him that. Say, can I really hear from God? So if you've grown up in church at all, this, this, this question might seem a little bit elementary to you. This is, the kind of, this is the kind of message that at times when we get kind of stagnant in our faith, we've been following Jesus for a long time, it's really easy for us to kind of give a quick, yeah, I can hear from God. Why are you talking about this? 
here's what I have found, and I know some of you have been living a lot longer than me and have been following Jesus a lot longer than me, and so I, I fully respect that, but here's what I have found in my life. That there are seasons in my life where I can answer boldly to that question, yes, I can really hear from God. But then there are other seasons in my life that I have found it really hard to hear God's voice. That I've really, like, like, even if I've tried, it's been hard to hear his voice. And can I be really transparent with you this morning? There's been times in my life I haven't really been interested in hearing God's voice. Can somebody give me an amen on that one? That if we're really honest and transparent about our walk with Jesus, there are really times that we're not interested in hearing what God has to say. Because we got it figured out. Life is good. I'm making my decisions on my own. Business is good. Family's good. Or maybe you're frustrated and angry because you're going, there's junk in my life that I don't understand why it's there. And the last thing I want to do is hear about God in the midst of my kid being sick or in the midst of my job not going well, in the midst of me not getting into the college that I want to get to, in the midst of my, you know, maybe my kid or my, my husband or my, my, so my wife has made a horrible decision. And there's just times you're like, the last thing you want to do is hear from God. But we're going to look at a story today of a little boy, an 11-year-old boy. And I think that there's some, some key insights from his life, from Samuel's life, that if we can, if we can even get a glimpse of what this could look like for us to hear from God, I think we can answer that question with a bold yes. So I know that this question feels a bit rhetorical, but in the midst of that, what would it look like for us today to turn our ears a little bit more towards heaven and really ask God to speak to us? And so let's jump in, verse number one. Verse number one, it says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were many, uh, and there were not many visions. So here's the characters, right? You've got the boy Samuel. Uh, there's, he was probably around age 11. 11, so think about 11, so maybe this tall. I mean, maybe a little short, I don't know. 11, or maybe he was this tall and he was super cool and big, and I don't know. I was not a tall kid, so I don't know what that was like. But anyway, so Samuel was 11. And he ministered before the Lord under Eli. So Eli was, was kind of the, the parent in this situation. He wasn't his parent, but he was kind of that paternal person helping him understand the word of God. And it said, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Hearing God's voice was rare. So maybe you're in a season right now where you're feeling like the word of God is, the voice of God is rare in your life. And we've got some encouragement for you this morning. But he's 11-year-old ministering before the Lord. Verse number two, it says, one night Eli, who, whose eyes were becoming very tired, very weary, and weak, he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So here's what we need to understand about the context. So this is the time where the Ark of the Covenant was the full presence of God. It was the full presence of God. And so you get this picture that, that Samuel is laying there right next to the presence of God. So you've got the Ark of the Covenant, which had the Ten Commandments, everything in it. In the Holy of Holies, where only certain people go. And he's laying next to God's tangible presence on earth at that time. The Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. This is before Acts, before the day of Pentecost, before God, before Jesus had ascended into heaven. So his presence is not like it is now. 
But his presence was there in that moment. And Eli and Eli's laying there right beside it before God. And here's what it said. It said, then the, then, uh, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered him, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, you called me? But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lied down. So God calls out to Samuel. He thinks it's Eli calling him. He runs to Eli. He's not there, verse four. Or I'm sorry, verse number, uh, verse number six. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, my son, Eli, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Think about the context of this passage. This is so, this is so important. Samuel once again hears God's voice calling out to him, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He's lying next to the Ark of the Covenant, tangibly God's presence. He was growing up in the temple. He was doing all the temple duties. Sam, Sam, Samuel was, was being raised by Eli in the presence of God. And don't miss what this says. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet come to him. You see, Samuel had heard God's voice before he even knew who God was. Go on and preach it. I know, I know. Think about, think about that. Tangibly think about that. Take a moment and pause and think about that. That Samuel had heard God's voice before he even really knew who God was. I think some of us need to hear that today because we've got family members who are not following God. And we just need a little reassurance today that God is still pursuing them. That in the midst of the hard times, God's presence is still calling after them. In the midst of what you're going through today, even though you might not feel close to God, he's still pursuing you. His voice is still crying out to you. If he can call out to an 11-year-old boy who did not yet know him, he can surely cry out to you. And even though Samuel did not know God, God continued to call out to him. Verse number eight. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here am I, you called. Again, Samuel is not recognizing that it's God's voice. He's still not recognizing that it's God's voice. He says, here am I, you called. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling to the boy. Have you ever needed somebody to help you hear God's voice before? Eli helped Samuel recognize God's voice. For me, when I think about this, I think of a guy named John. John, I think, I think I've told you guys about John. John was, is my spiritual dad. John is uh, 76, I think. 
And John and I talk probably once every three weeks. I call John when things are good. I call John when things are bad. But can I tell you that when things are not going well for me, maybe things haven't been going well in my job. Maybe, you know, like there was a, there was a time even recently that, that I was trying, I'm trying to lead this, uh, this change in our movement where um, in the Wesleyan Church, um, like they've kind of looked at kids ministry and student ministry as kind of separate things. And I'm trying to help people understand the beautiful, uh, the beautiful connection that happens when kids ministry and student ministry uh, are, are, are interacting and learning and growing together, that they're not silos, but that they're functioning together. And, and I'll be honest, I'm meeting some resistance from people because they feel like, well, we're not putting importance on one of them anymore. That's exactly right. We're putting importance on both of them. And, and, and I'm getting some resistance from some people who have been uh, a part of the Wesleyan Church for a while. And in those times when I'm f- getting that resistance to the things I'm trying to lead in, John is always there to help remind me where God is in the midst of the hard choices that I'm trying to make. And can I tell you this morning, in those moments... I'm having a really hard time hearing God's voice because all I hear is the chatter of people around me. And it's really hard for me not to take those things personally. I'm sure that's just me. But it's in those moments where John is able to go, Zach, but do you remember what God's calling you to? Zach, do you remember what God's asking you to lead in? Zach, do you think that God might be here? And he's being my Eli in those moments. Do you have an Eli in your life? Do you have somebody in your life that helps center you and helps remind you where God is in the midst of his silence? Do you have an Eli in your, in your life that's going, hey, here, here's where God might be, or hey, have you heard about this? Do you have that person in your life? Because this is, there was a time in my life, we had some stuff going on in my family. Um, it, was, it was that season where my dad had been unemployed for two and a half years. My dad had been, at that time, had been without a job longer than my daughter had been alive. And in the midst of that struggle, I mean, I'm talking, my wife Beck and I are talking and she's trying to speak God's truth into my life and, and, and John's trying, trying to speak God's truth into my life and I'm talking to my parents, I'm trying to work through this stuff and just trying to figure out where the goodness of the Lord is in the midst of this and I needed multiple people reminding me of God's faithfulness and his provision and his goodness in the midst of the pain. I needed some Eli's in my life. Maybe you need to be that Eli in somebody's life. Maybe you need to be that voice of encouragement in somebody's life today. Let's look again at verse number nine. It says, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say this, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lied down in that place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, again calling out, 
another time. Samuel, Samuel. Then the Lord, then Samuel said to the Lord, speak for your servant is listening. You see, Samuel listened to Eli. Samuel listened to Eli and made himself ready to hear God's voice. With whatever you're going through right now, maybe things are good for you. Sometimes it's, it's the hardest time to hear God when things are good because we're not even, because why do we need it, right? I hope this honesty isn't too much. But Samuel listened to Eli's encouragement and made himself ready. And I love, I love, I love what he said. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How would your ability to hear God's voice change if your response to God was simply speak, Lord, for what? Your servant is listening. Servant. Your servant, the one that's here to serve you. The one that's there to serve God's agenda. I have to check myself sometimes. Because sometimes my, my prayers are probably as selfish as they can be. Because my prayers are so revolved around my needs and my circle that I don't know that I could say to the Lord, honestly, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I think maybe a better way to say it would be, speak, Lord, for the needy one is, is here to listen. Speak, Lord, because your spoiled brat kid is ready to listen. <laughs> But what could God do with the people if we turned our ears towards heaven and entered with a posture of servitude before him, saying, God, whatever you tell me, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I want. Speak because your servant's listening. Speak because I'm ready to hear from you. So I, I, I want to get... I, I, I'm getting ready to close. I just want to give you some really, really practical ways, some really practical ways in my life that, that I've, I've had to learn and grow and cultivate hearing from God. Because um, a good youth pastor buddy of mine, um, he told me this story. He said, you know, when, when, I, when people were trying to hear, teach me how to hear God's voice, they basically told me to go to a quiet room and sit there until God spoke to me. He said, my pastor basically told me, he says, I was about 14 years old. And he said, my pastor just told me, he said, go find a quiet room and just sit there and God will speak to you. That's really great when that happens. But for him, he went and he sat and he sat and he sat some more and he was eager to hear and he was eager to listen. And I really believe that he was, he was pure in heart and wanting to hear. And, and he just sat there. And he never sensed God speak to him in that moment. 
and maybe you've had a similar experience where you'd say, man, I've tried to hear from God before. Hey, I've, I've done these things. And, and so these are three really practical things that, that have, have been helpful for me. And so I hope these are helpful for you. I think there's times where we need to go away in the quiet and, and really just sit there and listen for God. So I'm not discounting that. I've had to do that. I've done that in my life. But I think there's, there's, there, there might be three other ways that have worked really practically for me. And here they are. So how do we, what are some ways that we can hear for God? One is this. It's through his word. God's word. Maybe you even experienced that as I was leading us through that prayer time earlier. That when you, when you were hearing me read the words of, 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 uh, of remembering the goodness of God and to wait on him, and those words kind of felt like they were coming alive to you, that's God speaking to you. I think sometimes we look at this and we separate God's voice from his word. That we're waiting for like this, this Paul and Damascus road. That all we're wanting to hear from God is this like this, this huge light coming down and, and, and like knocking us over. And like that's the word that we want to hear from God. It's like crazy audible. But what if hearing from God was more about hearing him in the quiet than it was from the choir? That it was hearing him in the quiet as opposed to the noise. And can I be really transparent again? There's times where I'm reading his word and I'm going, I have no idea what this has to do with anything right now. But then there's these moments where I get alone with God's word. And I'm reading and I can just sense God speaking to me. Because, it, because his word, it says it, it's alive and it's active. That it's not a dead just piece of literature that we put on the shelf, but it's, it's God's word inspired by, by him, the scriptures written for us in our hearts. One of the times I experienced this more than any time before was when I was 16 years old. My grandfather had had a heart attack. Um, it was crazy. My, I, I, my grandfather was my best friend, and, and he had a heart attack. And I remember reading this passage, and it gave these simple words of be still and know that I am God. Can I tell you that that has completely changed the way that I face tragedy now? Tragedy now? That to that 16-year-old that read that passage that said, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm still on the throne. Be still and know that I'm still in control. Be still and know that I am still with you. He spoke that word to me through his word when I was 16 years old. And can I tell you, I've I've faced some crazy stuff since then. And that word has always been a centering piece for me. Because in the midst of those times where I feel like God's voice is absent, I say, no, no, be still and know that he's still God. Be still and know he's still good and sitting on the throne. Be still in the midst of all this hard stuff and know that he, he will never leave me nor forsake me. That's his word. Sometimes God's used his people to speak to me. I told you about John. My wife has a voice in that. Sometimes we need, sometimes we just need to be around other people. You know, an easy practice that I've started doing is, is I just ask people, I'm like, hey, what do you feel like God's been saying to you lately? Hey, do you feel like God's been, you feel like God's been, been saying anything to you? That simple question is changing my friend groups. Because it, I think for all of us, it's kind of shifting us and going, oh, Oh, yeah, God does want to speak to us, right? Like, 
He does want to interact with us. And so there's times, we're, we ask our, we, can I tell you something? We ask our four-year-old that question. I'm not even playing. I'm, I'm completely 100% serious. We ask our four-year-old that question multiple times a week. We'll say, Anley, has God said anything to you lately? And sometimes she says, nope, butterfly. And you know what she says sometimes? And I promise you, I'm not making this up. Even last week I asked her, I said, Anley, God been saying anything to you lately? She says, yeah. As, in like full confidence, right? A four-year-old, yeah. He, he, he told me that he loves me, he died for me. Come on. Come on. We took my, uh, we took my daughter, we, um, Global Partners is like, like the missions arm for us um, in, in our Westland church. And my wife took Annalie in. Uh, Annalie's been making, we have a bunch of chickens and um, our chickens obviously lay eggs. And so Annalie's been selling the eggs because we make her do chores and stuff. And so, um, you know, she makes like three bucks a dozen or something, it's, you know, pasture raised. Okay. Um, and so my wife takes my daughter into uh, to Global Partners, and she sees this whole big missionary wall because Annalie said, "Hey, mommy, I want to give I want to give my I want to give my money away." And so Becca goes, "Hey, here, like here's the missionaries." And my wife gets down and says to Annalie, "She says, Annalie, you look at this wall and you pray and you ask God who we're supposed to send this money to." And my daughter stands there for a minute and looks and walks up to that board and picks one of those support cards up and hands it to my wife, says, Mommy, this is who? Now you can say, you, you, you can be really skeptical in that moment and go, oh, she's just being four, or you can have the trust that God is a God who's ever present, whose who's Holy Spirit wants to speak, that, this, that, that Psalms 8 is right, that the praises of infant and children will break the stronghold of the enemy, that God will pour out his spirit in the last days on sons and daughters, they will prophesy, that be, young men will dream dreams. I, I hope you're getting a little bit excited about what I'm saying today, because I think that God wants to speak to you. If he's gonna speak to a four-year-old and he's gonna speak to the young and the old, he's gonna speak to the stagnant, he's gonna speak to the weary, he's gonna speak to the tired, he's gonna speak to the broken, he's gonna speak to the one who hasn't been spoken to in a while, he's gonna speak to the one, he's gonna speak to the one that says, God, I don't want you to speak to me. If you look even at the prodigal son, you can see that his response to the prodigal is to run after him. Can you get a little bit of perspective today and get a little bit of excitement that God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to you through the whisper. And what do I mean by the whisper? I mean that God's tangible presence lives in you if you're a Christ follower. That if you say that you, you believe in Jesus, his spirit lives inside of you. Have you ever been in a situation and you get this gut feeling that you're supposed to do something? And that gut feeling aligns with God's character. It aligns with the fruits of the Spirit. It aligns with his word. That gut feeling is the presence of God speaking to you, drawing you into action. What if you begin to not say, well, it's just my gut. You'd say, no, no, that's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, telling me and changing me and changing the way I think and the way I act so that I can live out what God is calling me into. Come on. 
So what does it look like for you today to, to change your posture a little bit? And simply say to God, like, like Samuel said, like Eli instructed him, because God wants to speak to you. You gotta make time, you gotta make, you gotta tune your ears, you gotta start doing, doing the small things. You can, even a simple thing is before you get out of your bed saying, God, whatever you have for me today, that's what I want, speak to me. What did you begin to pray that every morning before your feet hit the, hit the ground? What could God open up for you? What, do, what, what kingdom purpose could he unlock in your life? What if every morning you sat there and you lied in bed and said, God, speak for your servants listening. Whatever you want, that's what I want. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for these people. Thank you for your presence. God, and I just pray a fresh anointing today over these people. God, I pray that they would begin to hear your voice in a fresh way. In the midst of the doubts, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of the questions. God, that you would just begin to turn their hearts to you in such a way that they would just say, speak for your servants listening. That God, tomorrow, even when they go, go out to their car today, I know some, some are going to be going out to lunch or going home, wherever they're going from here, God, that they would even, before they hit their car, would say, God, speak for your servants listening, God, and that you'd begin to speak to them, and they'd be able to, we just begin to hear stories of how your presence is moving and shaking the foundations of Zionsville and beyond. So God, we just say together, and I pray this over every single person in this room, every single person watching online, God, that we are a people who say, speak for your servant is listening. We love you. Amen.